0: Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan.
1: I'm Philippa. And I'm
0: Nicole. Today, we're going to talk about confidence and, and our journeys to build confidence and hopefully share some tips on how to build confidence. And what I thought we'd do is we'd start off by looking at our individual journeys for how we've uh, looked at and, and built our own inner confidence. And Nicole, I thought I'd come to you and, and ask you about your journey to build towards building confidence um how's it how's it been for you
1: yeah so an interesting journey I mean I wouldn't say I'm the most confident person um but I definitely never used to be as confident as I am today um and I always remember this one time that I was fairly new to assist and uh went on a visit to meet one of our lovely employers sort of walked into a room oh you know who are you and you start talking and you know how long have you been assist and what do you know and when people start to quiz you and you instantly just feel that complete lack of confidence because you're new to the business and you haven't been here very long and you're not really sure what you should be saying or what you should be doing and that really threw me and that was kind of a bit of a a turning point where I thought I never want to feel myself in the same situation again Um, feeling kind of out of my depth and not sure what to say Um, So I kind of took it from that point onwards to really, you know, take as much time as I can to learn about, in my case, apprenticeships and what assist does and prove to people that, you know, I do know my stuff. And I think it's having that belief in yourself. I was absolutely fine. I could have talked through anything I needed to, but it's just little things like that that throw you um, and letting those voices kind of penetrate and throw you off balance. So, Mm. yeah, it's been an interesting journey over the past few years
2: hmm
0: do you, do you think it was it was like the inner inner critic then Nicole then that was it was it was nothing that had happened it doesn't sound like they'd done anything wrong or nothing had upset you from an external but it was your inner critic kind of and that inner doubt
1: yes yeah because we all kind of have the inner critic and when someone says something that really kind of hits that I guess soft spot where we we lack confidence or where we have those feelings of um you know where you're not too happy about yourself or you're not really a subject matter expert in that area so my inner critic came out and said oh what are you doing here and you don't know this and you can't present um and oh it's all just going to go terribly wrong so you have to try and switch that off and kind of combat it and tell yourself no I I can do this and I do know my stuff um and I can present and it will all be fine and put on that brave face um, it's a lot of round. Um, you know, people see what they want to see. So if I can confidently present and you know act like I know my stuff, it will it will come across, and you know my confidence will come across. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Philippa, how's how's your journey? How's your experience been with building confidence?
2: Well, um, I had an interesting conversation with my eldest son in the car this morning um, when I told him I was going to be participating in this a brew podcast and he said what's what's it on and I said it's on confidence and he said I'm not surprised that assists have asked the most confident person in the universe to participate <laughs> in this and I was quite shocked by um that perception because maybe what he sees is a confident person you know I'm getting close to the age of 60. I've had a long career and um, people see that you're confident you're assertive But what they don't see is what's inside. Mm. They don't see how I'm feeling. And one of the things that I really have struggled with over the years, due to a lack of self-confidence, is public speaking. Mm. And it's interesting, Nicole just said, you know, that actually to get over that fear, you've got to do things that you're really reluctant to do. Mm-hmm. um so I've been doing quite a lot of public talks uh, certainly in more recent years but then I had a horrible experience at the BA conference a couple of years ago mm-hmm. it was the first time I'd done a done a talk at conference um and I was doing it jointly with another consultant and um we'd really rehearsed this presentation so it was slick multimedia yet lots going on really confident about what we wanted to say but in the back of my mind I thought I know the technology is going to fail and I became fixated on that and what happened the technology failed and it absolutely threw me where I completely lost my train of thought Hmm. what I was going to say I forgot but all it took was I just had to look at my notes again so it was only a few seconds where I apologized to the audience and said, I'm really sorry the sound had gone I've lost my train of thought so I picked up and it Mm. was only a few seconds but my goodness I beat myself up about that I bet that inner critic you know kept going on
0: a few seconds felt like hours
2: those seconds felt like hours yeah and I found it really traumatic and I thought that's it I'm never doing any public speaking again. Um, But the feedback I had from everybody outside the room was like, oh, we really enjoyed your talk. I said, oh, I'm so sorry about that little hiccup. And they said, well, they hardly noticed it, really. And they said, no, no, we we really enjoyed the points that you made. And and then I forced myself to do another public talk a couple of months later. And um, I found that that then helped me build my confidence. And I didn't over-prepare this time. Mm. I kind of got the sense of what I wanted to say and some of the key points, but I didn't script it. And I felt I could wing it a little bit. Mm. And I think over-preparation can sometimes lock you in to something so that if, if it goes wrong, it completely throws you and that really attacks your self-confidence. Yeah. So, um Yeah. But-
0: i had an interesting journey with public speaking and i'll share the the first time i did any public speaking so i, I was a 17 year old and i'd um i had been chosen by my school to go to the european youth parliament and uh i
1: wow. we went up
0: to york university and um i was uh, i was volunteered by my classmates to put forward a proposal um and it was different representatives from different schools and, and we had proposal for policies and we had to argue about them and debate them but anyway so I had I was the representative that was chosen to speak about it because I was the most confident person talking about the idea that we put forward um so I stood up and I was in the lecture hall and I don't know how many students were in there 150 to 200 people I'd never spoken in public before and I was fine as I stood up and as I started to open my mouth I started to stutter and I'd never stuttered in my life um, and I, I tried my best to get through the first sentence and it just would not happen. Um, I could not verbalize the ideas that I had in my head mm-hmm. and I, I, I had to sit down and ask one of my, my classmates to take over. Mm-hmm. And from that point, I wanted the ground to swallow me up by the inner critic was, um, okay like, i was like a punch bag from my inner yeah. critic telling me off uh, not doing this and mm-hmm. and and i'd gone out of my comfort zone i hadn't really realized that i i was really fearful of of doing public speaking um it's really weird because my journey on public speaking since then i will volunteer to do every presentation that i ever can because i'm, I'm i don't think i'm confident at public speaking but I'm. I'm going to practice it, and I'm going to work at it, and um, I am going to learn from. And I read book. I've read books on it. I've watched and learned from great um, other pe- people presenting, and and try to tip pick pick things up from them. But um, I, I, I just think confidence is. It, it, I do think there's a, there's a journey on it, and if you really want to do something, and you've got a passion to overcome some sort of challenge or you want to achieve something you've got it it takes work and and it's not by magic that and now I, I present at the i presented um a couple of times last year virtually at a world congress um i presented at the um the business analysis conference and i really it, it still makes me nervous today speaking at those conferences mm-hmm. um but i'm not going to let it beat me I'm not gonna let that fear and I do think fear is something that we should maybe discuss because that fear combined with the inner critic can really um have a negative impact if you let them control your actions, your behaviours. Um, um have you have you, have you had to overcome fear at all, Nicole, in terms of getting getting beyond your comfort zone to do something and putting the work in?
1: Um so I think definitely um you know we we can't let fear stop us from fulfilling you know things that we want to do or you know having the opportunity to do things it's around pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone without doing that and trying to tackle our fear we won't grow we won't build upon our confidence even if it's something as silly as you know, wearing an item of clothing that you've got in your wardrobe and you love it, you know, and perhaps it's a pair of red jeans or something, but just not having the confidence to wear outside or being fearful of what other people might say, you know, starting small and perhaps wearing, you know, a different, a slightly different colour and building up to red or something. I think it's incremental. It is absolutely a journey. It's not going to be achieved overnight. Um But fearful of, I think I used to be fearful of public speaking or presenting um, and you just start small. For me, it was kind of little bits, small and often, uh, you know, presenting with someone and then or presenting a couple of slides and then presenting a few more bits and then having that person just kind of co-present but I was taking the lead and then they do less and less and kind of for me it was around using support and not being afraid to ask for help um, in overcoming my fears of presenting um, or Mm. stuttering or whatever it may be you know asking for help and asking for someone to guide you through provide you feedback or guidance on what you perhaps need to change interestingly as well it's how you take on board that feedback or those criticisms or listen to your inner critic it only truly matters when it's relevant to what it is that you're doing so why would you listen to your inner critic or feedback from people who you're not addressing or you're not delivering your presentation to you know it's around taking on board things that are relevant to what it is that you're doing um, I think that helped me enormously around blocking out those voices that just don't matter. They're, they're irrelevant. It's around what I'm doing and get better at what it is that I need to be doing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, just as you're talking there, I was thinking about self-care, that, that thinking about your appearance, doing things like um, if you're not feeling confident, maybe you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, you're not feeling confident to face the day, you know, get getting yourself a shower, going for a haircut, putting on, the clothes that make you feel better and it's so mm-hmm. taking care of yourself um exercising as well I think is a really key thing you go for a walk um I've got a dog so I, I, walk the, I walk the dog and it's kind of that just a little bit of exercise and, and go do go do more <laughs> strenuous exercise than walking your dog but um just looking after yourself I think can be really key for you starting your um approach to building confidence if you are if you are lacking in confidence mm-hmm. um just one of the things you touched on there nicole and, and it made me think about having a vision of where you want to get to mm-hmm. this is yeah. where i want to be and i'm going to do these in, incremental these little steps to get there and i think i think that's really powerful as well and um i've used visioning in the past uh, to help with my own confidence journey and one of the things i've done is create a it's like a like a movie and in a movie in in your head to think about where you want to be in the future and what it is that you want to achieve and um, it's quite a personal kind of thing your movie is it's your own your imagination you can you can choose but kind of this is where I want to get to this is this is my ideal state of where you want to be in terms of your confidence but then breaking that down into much smaller tiny little steps that you can take practical actions on um, in terms of moving moving forward um philip have you come across visioning has it worked for you or is it something that you've not 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 come across or not work for you i
2: i do it in my other life as a yoga teacher which um i i I won't sidetrack into that but yes it's it's i found that it can be a very very important tool this idea of developing a a clearer idea of actually the kind of life that that you want to live Yeah. And I think that can also help you. Nicole, I thought made a really important point about um the, you know, managing the inner critic and looking at some of the, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and maybe expecting some criticism, mm-hmm. but also making a decision, actually I'm not going to take all of it on board. Um and I think for some of us, certainly we're we like to be conscientious professionals, particularly in the BA profession Mm -hmm. um there's almost this good girl uh conditioning that applies to men as well Mm -hmm. in that we want to we really want to do the best job that we can Mm -hmm. and we welcome praise but then we downplay it because we don't want to be seen as too big for our boots Mm -hmm. but we also receive criticism and kind of you know, we've all sort of mentioned receiving, you know, being worried about receiving negative criticism. And one thing I think that's helped me, which, as I said, Nicole has just touched on, is that not all criticism is meant in a positive and constructive way. And some feedback can be, particularly in a large, you know, in an organisational environment, can be politically motivated. And it's about somebody else's agenda rather than your performance. And one of the skills you've got to learn, I think, um, as you develop in your career, is to yes, welcome criticism, all sorts, but then be able to sift it mm-hmm. for that which is going to work for you in terms of your own development and improvement, either on the in the work that you're doing or in your career and that which is maybe not particularly helpful and then not worry about it is yeah. put it in a box with the other things that your own inner critic is telling you about name it put it in a box put it to one side and move on to the next step and I think that kind of sense of being able to interpret both praise and criticism in a way that serves you well is a skill that we don't tend to get taught Mm. and I found that it's coaching has really helped me uh certainly in the past five years or so get get on top of some of these challenges that really can eat away at your self-confidence.
0: I guess a lot of practice as well so practice that when you receive criticism that is perhaps unhelpful or unjustified or just Mm -hmm. just destructive the practice of being able to put that to one side put it in that box and say right I've received that that person has an agenda or is trying to be destructive I'm going to move on from that because I'm on a journey towards where I want to get to Um, or you're trying to help um, your organization achieve things I do think, though, in in large organisations, particularly if you're working with lots of different stakeholders with lots of different mm. agendas, this is really difficult. It um, is, I agree. Mm. Yeah. Um. And, and, and particularly in a a large workshop, the the BA may be using their critical analytical thinking skills to think about risks or impacts, and they might be asking questions that the other stakeholders find difficult. Yeah because they haven't necessarily thought about them or they have thought about them, but they don't want the risks or the impacts that are negative to be brought up in open discussion. And um, I do think that, that that business analysis does require a certain amount of personal resilience and and confidence in the application of, of the, the tools, the techniques to help the organisations perform. I do think in certain large organisations where I've worked in the past, it, it has been quite challenging to ask that question that nobody really wants to ask, but is the key question that, that needs to be asked in that particular yeah. workshop or that forum. I,
2: I do think um, the ability to challenge and influence mm. authority figures, so yeah. often senior stakeholders, is central to mm-hmm. being an excellent ba ba's are agents of change in an organization and no change program if it's a transformational change is ever smooth and no it, it's never really 100% well received initially by everybody mm. so being able to navigate that and draw on your own personal resilience as a ba i think is really important
0: as um this as you're talking there philip i was thinking you can't keep everyone happy all of the time yeah. and in a change initiative that that's that's true as in other walks of life as well but you can't make all of the stakeholders happy all of the time so you are going to get some negative criticisms as a change initiative or change uh, team and and just a- a accepting that that's going to happen might m- mean that you know, you you can deal with it and maybe discuss it with your colleagues um, in a constructive way um, a a little bit better. Um, Nicole, you obviously work with lots of apprentices. Um, Do you think building confidence is a particular challenge for young business analyst professionals?
1: Yeah, and I was actually going to touch on what both of you were just saying around you can't please everyone, because I think sometimes it does take a certain amount of confidence to be able to say, To give kind of you know negative feedback or to say this isn't going to work or to give kind of a message that isn't positive and isn't just yes yes brilliant fantastic that is really difficult and I think that takes a lot to gain confidence to not just agree or challenge or say that something won't work. I think similarly to have the confidence to admit when you don't know the answer or you need to check something. I think. Especially as a a young person in an organization, you feel the pressure to appear to know things or, you know, fearful of asking for help or sitting, especially I used to struggle with this on a, a Microsoft Teams call or a Zoom call and have the answers there and then when actually I've learned to be able to say, I don't have the answer or I don't know at this moment, but I will find out and come back to you. And I think that's something that people can think about, you know not everyone's expecting you to have all the answers all of the time but having the confidence to say you don't know but you'll find out or you'll speak to the relevant person or that's not quite my job um or to deliver bad news you know that that's really challenging and it's in itself um and also to admit when something's not working uh, we've had conversations with apprentices we've had to sit down and say is the BA job for you you know are you perhaps better suited to a different type of um, different role in the organization that's also a difficult conversation to have and it does take confidence to admit when something's not working or yeah. you know this isn't your <laughs> career path for the future so yeah challenges and in confidence in a different um sort of sense yeah
0: and um, philip i wanted to to touch on this i know we'd, we'd mentioned this before but do you think um you know building confidence um particularly um with different Different groups. Um, I'm thinking about the. Um, I've worked for lots of leadership teams that have been male-dominated mm-hmm. and not been as diverse as they might have been, um, mm-hmm. for, for various different uh, diversity um, elements. Do you think there's a link to confidence? Um, do you think that that you know the, the diversity would be improved if more people had the the skills to build confidence?
2: Ah, uh, this is this is a difficult one because I don't think it's quite as simple as oh, if I could have been a bit more self confident, I'd have made it to the executive board of uh, XYZ PLC, mm-hmm. which is male domi- you know male dominated. I don't think it's actually as easy as that, as mm-hmm. straightforward. But what I think building your confidence can do. There's a really good quote um, from um, a lady called Tara Moore who has written a book. It's aimed at women um, who want to really develop their careers in all sorts of different directions called Playing Big. And she says that building your self confidence isn't about climbing the ladder within broken systems. Mm -hmm. What it is about is learning to use your voice to change those systems mm. even if it means coming to the recognition that actually that glass ceiling is not going to smash in this organization mm. but i've got the self-confidence now that i'm going to look elsewhere mm. um so i think confidence is really really important but i also think it's it's a little bit more than that and being able to appreciate where actually that system is dysfunctional that you're working in. Um, And maybe it's that lack of confidence is holding you back from like making that leap into a bigger and better role somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Or just a different role. Um, Uh, Or
2: even a different role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and doing what, you know, your passions are and what what you want to do. Your
2: passions are, you know, um, the cost of, a lack of self-confidence is immense really? to people's lives but also to projects that have never got off the ground, businesses that have never been started Um, or even you know within our, the BA world is if there's a lack of confidence to really challenge senior stakeholders when they're going down a rabbit hole yep. with a particular project. Yeah, The costs involved can be significant not only just not only financial yeah. but personal as well so personal
0: health costs as well the yeah. um, anxiety it might cause Absolutely. the nights um other
2: Stress, f- days off sickness yes. you know
0: yeah. yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting because um the that <clears throat> finding finding your voice and helping others to find theirs mm. is Stephen Covey's eighth habit um, that's how i picture his eighth habit and and yeah. I, I i like the work of covey in terms of his the original seven habits but his eighth book uh, the eighth habit book sorry um is all about you know finding your passion um and looking at, at where your talents lie where's there is a need and and where's you know what's the right thing to do and and i think that for business analysts you know lots of us are passionate about the profession and, and we want to move forward we've got the tools we've got the techniques there's a need out there in businesses all, all competent business analysis professionals and we're trying to help our businesses improve for the right kind of reason so i, I that model and that that book has influenced me mm-hmm. in terms of my own journey for building um confidence mm-hmm. and um i was going to share the the very first podcast episode that we recorded which was a, quite some time ago now. Um, we did a we did a podcast on "Who Moved My Cheese." I was petrified, absolutely petrified of the the camera being on. And our producer Tom, who sits behind the scenes, um, making sure that the that the podcast works, um, he he does the magic. Um, Tom saw me with the very first time that a camera was put in my face, and um, I think you know if Tom were on the pod, he'd say it was the worst case of red light syndrome he'd ever seen. and yet here I am hosting a podcast talking about confidence and it's 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 you know it's it's very strange this relationship and it's always something we've got to got to keep Mm. an eye on I think um just to just to wrap up um Nicole any top tips any kind of things that we need to cover on today's pod that we haven't covered I think
1: my number one rule would be invest in yourself whether it be um, you know some personal time reading a book or going on a course and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. but you can only grow your confidence by focusing on you. you know no one can do that for you. Um, and I recently asked my organization to invest in me um help me develop some of my skills and I went on a course that I found and having done that, you know my confidence grown and I've now got a better, knowledge and understanding of certain things Mm. so I can speak and deliver things with more confidence so I think invest in yourself definitely
0: yeah and the same question to you Philippa
1: yeah I think
2: um I think the work on the inner critic that little voice which is trying to keep you safe Mm -hmm. but actually stops you achieving your best life and I think you need to Learn techniques to make sure it doesn't become dominant, because it is the risk aversion department of me PLC. Um, and part of managing it is naming it. I know somebody who calls her inner critic Claire. For some uh, uh, for some weird reason, I don't know why, but she names it. Oh, that's Claire again. She's talking to me. What she What's my inner critic really trying to do? What's she trying to keep me safe from? and actually make just making a few notes and saying okay I hear it I hear it but it's actually not going to stop me how do I now move forward how do I make it a little bit more safe for me so it's learning to not to silence the inner critic but manage it mm. and uh, so it's those techniques of get it written down and analyze it that's yep. what we're good at yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I'm not, so I'm just going to add in then, and I'm- Build on that. Analyze point. Reflect. Reflect from what's happened. What's gone well. What's not gone so well. Don't. Our uh, failure is a word that we're we perhaps scared of in terms of we don't want to encounter failure. But um, if you practice, and then you practice, and maybe you well maybe you failed first two, three, four times, but you keep practicing. You keep working make those incremental changes those small adjustments get advice from people coaches uh, read books you know take take courses if that's what what will work for you but, but do the work do the practice and and you'll get better and I always um, I I remember seeing a video of David Beckham who's a footballer practicing taking free kicks and he would practice and practice and practice and and the thing that you don't see behind the successful person is all the times that they've missed or they've made a mistake yeah. you see the polished article on stage or on screen or whatever it is you know they've practiced and they've worked at it behind the scenes and and so if you if you're passionate about something and you want to learn about it and you want to get better put the work in get the coaching get the advice read the books do what you need to do but but don't give up if, if you're really passionate about it so that would be my kind of final yeah two pennies worth. Um, I do want to say a massive thank you to Philippa for joining us today. Um, We've had the most confident person in the world on the podcast, according to yourself. (laughs) No, I'm
2: not, that was my whole point. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) And Nicole, thank you for joining us and thanks everyone for watching and listening. Um, If you've got any ideas for future podcasts um, or you would even like to join us on the pod, please do email us at babrew at ciskd.com. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. That does bring us to the end of season three. We want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners and guests who've joined us on the brew. This season, we cover topics such as design thinking, stakeholder engagement, the BA mindset, and of course, our apprenticeship special. Keep an eye on LinkedIn, as season four will be out on 4th of March, and we're kicking off with systems thinking. We're also been looking at developing BA skills, and returning to the pod is best-selling author, Carl Weigers. We'll see you in March.